Amen. 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 Um, today, I want to I want to give this message a title for this section of our series. I want to want to talk about finding rest in God's good news. Finding rest in God's good news. Let's pray, Father. We thank you for the good news uh, of the gospel, and we pray today, Lord God, that you will give us a saturated sense of our necessity of you. And Lord God, that every, everything in our life would take a back seat to the necessity of our desperate need for you. Will you nurture in us a consistent disposition where we are in desperate need of you and we know that and when we forget about that, reinvigorate us to the fact that we need you, God. And so today, as we seek to find rest and respite in you, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to your, in your sight, O oh God, our strength, our redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Finding rest in God's good news, uh, that title and this text makes me think back uh, to about 22 or 23 years ago when I started college. Uh, when I went to college, I, 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 you know, some of y'all, y'all are more noble than me. Um, I, I, I wasn't going to college for an education. I was going to college to be free from my parents. <laughs> I was going to college to be <coughs> free from Washington, D.C. at the time that was called Dodge City. And it was shooting out. All my friends on my block got shot up. Half of us, just a few of us made it out. And, um, and, so, and so we were, we were like, look, we, man, man, I want to get the heck out of here. And college sounds like a good plan. And so I ended up going uh, to college, uh, uh, go, go, going to college at Bowie State University. But the other reason why I went to college is because I wanted to wild out. Now, y'all looking at me funny because some of y'all won't tell the truth. You acted like you wanted a career and you acted like, you know, you, 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 you want. But really what you wanted, the reason why you want to go away is not so you can grow up, but, but so you can act up. And so, and so, and so, and so, that, so many of us got in that situation where I found myself in that situation, and I realized after you're there for a while, you had to pick a major. And, <laughs> and, 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 and by the junior year, you had to have a major or you were in deep trouble. And so I ended up trying to, I, I started as an accountant major, and Lord knows that that wasn't good for me. <laughs> um, but, but, but then not only that, I, I wanted to be a marketing major. I, I wanted to be a marketing major so because I wanted to, you know, have a marketing firm. I didn't like that. And so I went from major to, I wanted to vocal music major. I, you know, I figured, you know, and then I found out that everybody don't make it. And so, and I found out that all I could do is maybe teach a music class if I don't make it where I want to make it. So, 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 so I ended up settling on psychology. But, but when I became a believer and, and started walking with Jesus Christ, I began to recognize that, that, that really what I was looking for in life was purpose. That many, many, many in, my, in my book is, Whatever my major is, is what my purpose will be. And, and, and after long, I didn't, it didn't take me long to realize that I could not find my purpose in my major. And nor could I, because the reason why I knew I couldn't find my purpose in it is because I couldn't rest in it. In other words, resting in something means that you find your identity in it and you find your place of safety in that particular thing and you find that as a strong foundation for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there are people around under the sound of my voice 
who you've tried to find your respite. You've tried to find your rest. You tried to find your strength in everything in your life. You tried to find respite and, and purpose in relationships. You tried to find respite and relationship in your friends. You tried to find respite and relationship in a career. You tried to find respite and relationship in everything around you, not recognizing that rest and relationship and, 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 and productivity is only found in one place, and that's in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lay, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and lowly at heart, and you will find, you guessed it, rest for, for your soul. And so, and so many of us have been trying to find rest in so many places, and that's why I like this text, because Paul got to a point in his ministry where he wanted to make not only a theological uh, resolve, but he wanted to make a, 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 a spiritual resolve within himself that, that come hella high water, I'm going to find my rest in Jesus Christ. And so we came here to this text, and it, it not only affected uh, his, his, uh, his personal life, but it also affected his preaching. And so that which brings me to my first point. If you're going to find rest in God's good news, number one, you, you must stop. You must recognize that uh, you can't find rest in what man can do. Let, let me, somebody didn't get that. Uh, you, you can't find rest in what, what man can do. And, and, and so look at verse 1 in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. I like that because Paul went through a lot to get to them. And, and, and many times we don't recognize what God goes through to get to us. Yeah. He said, when I came to you, that, you don't recognize that a year ago he got beat with bamboo. Yeah. Now, let me, let me just explain something to you, okay? This is not a spanking, okay? This is not like getting a switch. Now, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about because you ain't never had no switch on you. Um, but those who know a switch, a switch turns into a switch when a parent removes the leaves off of a thin stick from a tree. Some of y'all just got a beating lesson. Uh, 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 but, but that's not what Paul got beat with. Some of y'all had some extension cord ministry. Some of y'all already, you know, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, you know, grew up in, in this new era that the kids can call the cops on you. But there was an era when you ain't had nobody but the Lord and your daddy and mama. And, 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 when, and when mom and daddy fail, the Lord will take you up. You don't even know that. But, but and, and some of us was praying before we got that whoop, whooping. God, you said when they forsake me, you take me up. But that's, but this is not, this, this is not, this, this is not what, what, what Paul, Paul didn't get beat with these types of things. He got beat with bamboo that would tear skin off the body. So he went, God went through a lot, and, and he went through a lot to, to, to get there. So, so, so there was some resolve in light of everything that he gone to. And he said, he said, and, and, and when I came to you, brothers, didn't I come to you proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom? I, I like this because he talks about God being a testifier for himself. In other words, if you got God testifying, that's a good witness to have. In other words, whatever this witness has, that means this witness is able, by God's grace, to be, he's always going to be a qualifiable witness, and this witness's testimony can never be out of, thrown out of court because he's both the witness and he's the judge and he's the lawyer. Yeah. See, y'all missed that. Yeah. See, God runs the eternal court system. Yeah. 
So he's talking about the, so, but, but the question is, what is the testimony of God? I'm glad you asked. Y'all looking at me funny. First John chapter uh, 5, verse 11 says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. That's a good testimony right there. In, in, in other words, that's the testimony to recognize that God is testifying that life is only found in Jesus Christ. Life is not found in anyone. You can have a whole bunch of things in your life, but if you don't have the son, you don't have life. I remember back in my early Christian days, in my crazy days as a Christian, in a good way, um, I, 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 I thought I lost my salvation. So I thought I'd blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and so I was grieved. You know, and, 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 and it was crazy. I, I read all kinds of commentaries. They wasn't helping me. I was reading all kinds of this, and I went to professors and, and folk and all this. In my first year of seminary, I'm just weeping. I remember I fell into my pastor's arms thinking that I lost my salvation. My wife's shaking her head because she remembered that. I thought, I, I believed in eternal security, but I was struggling in my heart to believe that I did not blaspheme the Holy Spirit and was in a, of an, of an, uh, guilty of an eternal sin. But, but I needed testimony that nobody else was giving me. I needed a type of testimony that took root in my heart that, 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 that was different than the words of men, different than the commentaries of men. Books on Christian ministry is good. Books on uh, commentaries of the Bible is good. But every now and then, you need to go right into the testimony of God himself and read what thus saith the Lord is. And so I got to 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, and it says, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son has the life. He says, I write these things, and I like early in the book, he said, little children. But he said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have life in his name. I wish I had some help right there. Right, I don't know what happened to my spirit, but peace came all over me. Then I read another verse over in John chapter 6, verse 37. It said, he who comes to me must, uh, all that the Father gives to me will come to me, and the one that comes to me I shall, uh, uh, I will certainly not cast out. In other words, it's emphatic negation in the Greek. It's not a positive. Emphatic negation in the Greek points to the fact that when a negative is a, ne a double negative means it's showing you how much God will never do whatever is being said in the text. So it literally said he will no never cast you out. That, that was helpful for me. It, 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 it was the testimony of God that helped the brother out, that gave me clarity because it was God speaking from his word to me. Paul says, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with a bunch of tricks. I didn't come to you with a bunch of stuff. See, you can't trust what man said. <laughs> see, some of us, see, Paul said, I didn't come to you with lofty word. What does it say? He said, I didn't come to you. See, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with lofty speech and wisdom. Remember, they like lofty speech. They like they, they, they like, and I'm not talking about deep theology. I'm talking about lofty speech. Uh, let, let me see if I can make it plain. Um, I, I grew up, I, you know, I like hip-hop, you know. Um, but, you know, I got some concerns nowadays because back in the day, you know, I liked lyricism. Content. Where dudes was, where dudes was rhyming, even though they, you know, they had lyrical monstrositiveness, right? Like nowadays, anybody can make a record. Yeah. I heard a song the other day, Daryl. <laughs> He's a rapper, so I wanted to point him out. The song says, the song said, I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried about nothing. 
I ain't wearing, that's the song. I said, I'm in the wrong profession. I told baby, I said, let's go out. I said, baby, that could be something. Let's go out. Let's go out. Let's go. All we do is gotta make people bounce to it. A million dollars, we pay off all kinds of kingdom bills, all that. You know what I'm saying? But I, but 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 I laugh, but we laugh. But one of the things I do notice is some of the lyricism in old hip hop wasn't accessible to everybody. So some of the guys today they're making their lyrics more accessible so that you get their point, even if it's a dumb one. <laughs> Paul is saying, I want to make, I want to remove the clutter from your ability to hear what I want to tell you because I want you to focus on the con the content, not the conveyance. Okay, y'all still looking at me funny. I remember back in the day, I used to like this song, Secret Lovers. Yeah, some of y'all about to pull out your phone and go like this. They said, oh my God, that is my soul. Oh my goodness, Pastor. You better come up off that. Come up off that. Right? <laughs> But but I but you know the music you know you know and then the the song by Shirley Murdoch as we lay, think about tomorrow as we lay she be singing and running and the song boom that that 808 hit you cacao in the chest ooh I like that song but when I became a believer some people I was singing that song as we lay somebody said brother do you know what that song mean I don't even know <laughs> I said shorty killing shorty killing the game right. But, 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 but what was interesting is, is they, was, they told me, don't let the sound of what you like miss out on what's being said. <laughs> Wish I had some help right there. See, 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 that's, that, see you got to be careful of preaching and things in your life that sound good but ain't good. Let me see if I can make it plain again. Uh, 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 um, Eskimos, 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 when, when, when they're trying to get, get them a new coat, they don't go to the store, some of them. They, they, they want them some wolf skin. So what they'll do is they'll take blood and ice, dip it in there, and then put it in the thing and let it freeze up. And so, and so what'll happen is, is the wolf will be two miles away, and the wolf pack will smell it. And so they'll run for miles, and as they're coming after uh, the smell of blood that they experience, they're like, I got to have something, because they think it's a kill made. So they bought the bum rush, whoever killed it, and eat, you know how they do, right? So boom, they got to it, and then they start, they get to it, and by the time they get to it, they're so hungry, they just start licking. And they start licking the blood on, on, on this thing, and they start licking, 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 licking until the, the blood popsicle is gone. And not realizing that now that they're licking their own blood to the point to where they die. Because they went in for what they smelled and what they liked, not knowing that somebody had set something up to kill them and take them away. Wow. And see, you as a believer, you better not let the vernacular of fools take you away from the centrality of the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Be, 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 because that's why Paul said, I, he said, Paul, that doesn't mean we don't explain stuff. That doesn't mean we don't give a reason for a hope that's within us. But we got to be careful that we let what we like get rid of who loves us so that we can zoom into learning and growing and developing. Because man can say a whole bunch of things that mean absolutely nothing. But when God speaks, everything changes. 
And so Paul said, Paul said, when, when I, went, I, I didn't want you, I didn't want to come to you making you a whole bunch of false promises. I, I didn't want to come to you talking a whole bunch of smack. When I came to you, I wanted your confidence to be fully placed in no one else but Jesus Christ and his gospel. And so in finding rest, you better learn that you can't find rest in anything man says. Unless it's connected to what God says. Because man is crafty. But God himself, God, the goodness of God, is God is the one who looks out for us. He'll take care of us. And he will never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. And that's what I love about God. I'm by myself. I'm Y'all looking at me funny. But I'm excited and thankful for the fact that God will never leave. Because I can, even if it's a hard word from God, I can trust it. See, see, some of y'all like people. See, y'all like a bunch of compliments and somebody always telling you how cute you are and you know and all that. But every now and then you need a hard word. But 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 what's good about God is God gives a hard word, but it's a faithful word. I'm by myself. But I know he's here with me because I'm so glad that God is better than man. Man will try to man will talk every piece of clothing off you, sisters, brothers. Uh, you, you ladies will talk every piece of clothing off of you, but God will put clothes on you. And see, 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 all I'm trying to let you know today is, is that you better stop letting people woo you in and let God be the ultimate wooer of you. Some of us have so much confidence in people, and, and, and God is saying, I want you to transition out of putting confidence in man continuing to let you down when I never will let you down. It's lofty words of wisdom. I got to keep moving. But, but he said, I didn't come to you with, with a whole bunch of killer rhetoric. Somebody, in three days, in three days, something's about to happen. In three days, you're going to get rich. In four days, you're going to get a wife. In three days, you're going to... No, sometimes, in three days, hell's going to break loose. <laughs> Why we don't hear that prophecy? I want to hear somebody, I don't mind the way they say it, just say something with some content. Say, ha, in three, I'm going to tell you that, ha, and, and next year you're going to go through some struggles. Why? Because those who walk God in Christ will suffer persecution. All right, that's based on the Bible, not some mystical philosophy to woo people in and not teach them a biblical Christianity. That's why you got to trust. Wish I had time to say it like I see it. Lofty words of wisdom. Don't let nobody shake you off as stupid. Christians are not stupid. Christianity is not a stupid religion. You're smarter than that because you have the mind of Christ. I'm going to talk about that next week. You got the mind of Christ. You're not a dummy. Don't check your brain at the door. Keep it. God gave it to you, didn't he? Wish I had time. Because we need to recognize that God in his mercy has strengthened the believer to not be foolish. And so Paul is saying, I, I want to I reinforce that reality by giving a clear gospel. But number two, and I'm out of your way. If you're going to rest, find rest in God's good news, finding rest in God's good news. Number two, you, only, you need to be resting in only what God can do. You, you need to rest in only what God can do. Look, look, at, verse, look at verse two. He said, for I decided. Stop right there. <laughs> now, you got to recognize that Paul did message prep like the rest of us preachers. <laughs> and he had done message prep. He, he this one sermon, he didn't prepare when he was in Athens. The Bible says in Acts 17, 16, he was chilling out and he was, he was hanging in uh, Athens waiting for the, the, the money to come for the support for the ministry. 
So he was in Athens, chilling, walking in downtown Athens, walking around, you know, in the clothespin in Athens. And he's looking around, and all of a sudden, he saw all of the religiosity and all of that. And the opportunity opened up for him to share the gospel. And so he began sharing the gospel. But he, the, way, but the way, way he did is he began going through, I see that you're religious. And he started going through all of this rhetoric because, he, because he's contextualizing the gospel, because he's in Athens. And they are very, very uh, highfalutin people who like uh, wise information and information that is lofty. And so he's communicating the gospel in that way. Even though he does communicate the gospel, he, they, they get confused about what he's saying. To the point to where they say to him, what is this babbler trying to say? Now, Paul mad because he said, he said, I just killed this. He said, I murked this gospel presentation just now. And these cats are looking at me like I'm crazy, talking about I'm a babbler. You know, so do you know how, how I kill my tracks like that? I just killed this track, right? I just laced it, everything, mixed down, mastered everything, flat out, and then put it out there. Took him to the cross, talk about the, 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 I mean, he talked about the meta-narrative of God and history and all creation and all of that. And then we get our verse today where we live and move and have our being. But around it was a whole bunch of rhetoric. And so right after that, in Acts 17, he goes to Corinth. Now, there's, a, there's quite a journey between Athens and Corinth, but it's still in Greece. And there's similar cultures to Athens and Greece, even though Athens is like New York, Corinth is like a different city, right? Uh, but, but they still have the same culture in many ways in relation to mindset and wisdom. And he, he said, you know what? Because he only got a few conversions. No church was planted there. He, he, on his way, he's doing message prep. He, 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 he said, I'm, I'm changing the track this time. He said, I went in there with all of that stuff. He said, I, and, and I, 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 I was faithful to the gospel. I was provoked. But my heart was in the right place. But I come here. So I'm going to change it up. See, you got to have the humility that when something doesn't work, that you're willing to change it. Let me tell you something. Everything that happens to you that's a failure isn't really a failure. It can be a learning experience if you let it. <laughs> because some of your best successes are after your greatest failure. Oh, I, I wish I had. That's a whole nother sermon. But, but, but some of y'all have messed up some stuff, and y'all didn't do as well as you'd like to. Your heart was in the right place. But you, and, and, and Paul, guess what Paul said? Paul said, my heart was in the right place, but guess what I'm going to do? When I get to Corinth, I ain't going through the meta-narrative. I'm not going to the micro-narrative, uh, the macro-narrative. I'm not talking all of this highfalutin talk. He said, guess what I'm going to do? When I get here, I'm going to take everything out of the way, and I'm going to lay my doggone cards on the table. Yes, I know the rhetoric of, this, uh, 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 of, the, of, of all of these different folks. I know the rhetoric of, of the of Epicurean philosophers. I know all of their rhetoric, but what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to move the rhetoric out of the way, and I'm going to deeply push into something. He said, when I came to you, I decided to not know nothing but Christ and him crucified. See, 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 Paul had a resolve. He said, he said, I'm, I'm just going. He said, this time, not that I was wrong. He said, but I'm going to. See, you got to, oh, my God. You got to be, you got to have a resolve in your soul. You got to have a deep resolve that you're going to rest in the gospel. <laughs> Paul says, I'm going to rest in what God says. He says, I'm going to rest. He said, not that that's wrong. He said, but I'm going to rest right here in this message, and I'm going to make a beeline towards Christ and him being crucified. And that's what I like about that. When him talking about him making a beeline towards, he said, to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. And in saying that in G in th about Jesus Christ, Paul wanted to make sure that Jesus Christ got the glory out of his presentation versus him being seen. Today, too many preachers are seen versus Jesus being seen. See, 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 we got too many preachers 
that, that think that the center of the gospel is how people view them versus Christ being viewed. Now, now I know somebody's going to get mad at me, but this preacher's a L.A. thing is funny to me. Because I, I, I am sick and tired of there being a couple of knucklehead representatives of the body of Christ. Help me, God, today. I love them. I love to talk to them. But you're wrong, dog. You, you, you're getting up there and you're talking about cars and how you deserve to live this certain way. And, you think, and that's what you want to, you want to, hold on, you want to, even if you believe that, you want to lead out on that? You want to lead out on, it's okay for you to use people's money to get rich and they're not? You want to lead with that, dog? If you, the hill I'm going to die on is Golgotha's hill. I ain't dying, listen, I ain't dying on no left field hill with dudes that's talking about their gear or what type of house they got and how we living off the ministry. That's some punk Christianity. Keep me sanctified in my words, Lord, because I want to say something else. Keep me sanctified before I say something that's unsanctified because it pisses me off. And, 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 and then it's black preachers on there. And see, all of us black preachers trying to dig the black church out of the gutter of being viewed as a bad place in the first place. And so now when I go to the block, before I get to the gospel, I got to explain preachers of L.A. versus being able to just get to Jesus. Listen, Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 6. He says, we live in such a way that we put no obstacle in front of anyone because of our ministry. That's the word of God. Listen, in our lives, our lives are filled with removing the clutter from people seeing Jesus. That's what my job is as a pastor, removing the clutter from your eyes so that you can see Jesus more clearly. That's why everything that I preach, he's going to be the hero. I'm just telling you right now. Let me tell you, I'm going to just tell you right now, your dream is cool, but that ain't going to be the hero of my sermons. Your purpose is cool, but that ain't going to be the hero of my sermon. God providing you for you is cool, but that's not going to be the hero of your sermon. Listen, let me just tell you something. Abraham was a good dude, but he was still a sinner. At the end of the day, I'm going to preach Jesus out of Abraham's life. When I get to Noah's life, if I end with Noah being the hero and Jesus ain't the hero, that's the wrong message. If I end Moses' life... Preaching that Moses is the hero. I've lost it. If I got David, all of them were sinners. But there's one. Help me, God, today. Listen, it, it, a, a sermon is a failure if Jesus is not the hero. We got too many preachers trying to make you the hero. You ain't a hero of nothing. You didn't save yourself. There's only one that got an S on his chest in heaven. Yeah, he did leap tall bounds, and he can dodge a bullet with single bound. But I'm glad he didn't dodge the bullet of the cross. Oh, my God. He said, I ain't going to show you. He said, I could have dodged it because I'm super savior. But instead of that, I'm going to take off, and I'm going to put on a body and let the world be my kryptonite. Oh, my God. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to step right in there and let you shoot me on purpose. But I'm so super that there's no superhero that can die and get up on, from the grave by all power in his hand. I ain't talking about some power. He don't just have heat vision because he's going to have heat vision because his eyes going to be like red when he come back. You missed that. He got a sword in his mouth. That's a superhero to me. 
but he can, he's so super when he come back, he gonna talk and folk gonna die. That's pretty super to me. So you can watch all the DC heroes and Marvel heroes you want. I'm gonna watch the kingdom hero and his name is Jesus Christ. Oh my God, help me today. Help me today, God. But he didn't just preach Christ because everybody has the type of Christ they want to preach. Help me get today, God. Everybody got a Christ they want to preach. They want to preach to Christ. You know this Christ that, you know, Jesus had a treasurer. Hold on, dog. So that means Jesus had money. See, Jesus had money. And, and that means he had money. Hold on. Hold on, dog. Foxes have holes. Not holes, holes. Birds have nests, but the God of heaven, the Son of Man, doesn't have it. How, how do you get out of that that Jesus was rich? Help me today, God. He preached, oh, he, this is the type of Jesus Paul preached. He said, I didn't, he said, I didn't preach some generalized Jesus, some prophet Jesus, some spectacle to creation. He said, I preached the crucified Jesus. Now, in order to preach a crucified Jesus, it'll change everything because your faith has to rest on the type of Jesus that you preach. Whatever Jesus you preach is the one you rest on. But just because you're resting on a title of Jesus doesn't mean you're resting on the historical Jesus. I wish I had some help right there. This is the type of Jesus that we need to be preaching. We got to preach a bloody Jesus. We got to preach a blues Jesus. We got to teach a bludgeon Jesus. We got to teach a blistered Jesus. We got to teach a blunted, beaten Jesus. We got to preach a crushed Jesus. We got to push a demolished Jesus. We got to preach a Jesus that was bruised for our transgressions and wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and by his stripes. Wish I had time to say it like I see it. By his stripes I was healed. Paul says right here, he says, he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and trembling. <coughs> Paul was afraid that he wouldn't depend on the gospel. He was afraid. We got too much swag in the pulpit. He had a fear that this biblical gospel wouldn't be preached because he'd want to please others. But when he said he came to him with much fear and trembling, it means that he began to learn how to stand in awe of the reality of the goodness of the gospel. He began to stand in awe of the gospel. And as he began to stand in awe of the gospel and, and, and working through that, he not only that, but more than likely, because of his experience in Athens, he was determined to depend on the gospel. So he said, and when I came to you, I didn't come to you with persuasive words of wisdom. Persuasive words of wisdom. He said, but I came to you with weakness and with fear and trembling, and my message and my speech were not implausible or persuasive words of wisdom. That means he got rid of some stuff even though he could use that stuff. He wanted their rest. What are you resting in today? Are you, are you not resting in, are you resting in what man can do for you? Let me tell you something, on a bad day, which you will have them. Let me say that again. On a bad day, when you have them and the bottom's been knocked up out of you, and when everything on earth seems to be passing away, when everything on earth seems to be far, and you're sinking in depression, and you're frustrated, you're wondering what's going on, you're going to need somewhere to land. You're going to. And many of us land in the wrong resting places. But Paul is trying to help us to land in the only place 
that can be proper safety for us. And let me just tell you today, I don't know what you're trusting in, and I don't know who you're trusting in. But there's only one place of safety, and that's in Jesus Christ, that you can find your faith and that your trust. Why did he preach like this? He says, so that you can depend on the spirit of God and power. Oh, my God. I, 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 like, I like that. Because let me, let me just explain something to you. People always tell me, you're moving into power. Okay, moving into power is bigger than the spiritual gifts. Let me tell you what moving into power is. Moving into power is exalting Jesus and the Holy Spirit attracted to it. Okay, you're looking at me funny. Acts chapter 16 says, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will come and glorify me and he will take of mine and give to thee. What does that mean? That points to the fact that the Holy Ghost is a Jesus hound. Y'all looking at me funny. The Holy Ghost ain't attracted to you. You're not that fine in the spirit without Jesus. Let me just tell you something. You ain't, I know you cute and they whistle when you go past, homie, but you ain't that cute to God without Jesus Christ. So what makes you attractive, what makes you attractive is Jesus. So when Jesus, when we're in the gathering, lifting up Jesus, the Holy Ghost say, I smell Jesus. And he just shows up because he's attracted to who Jesus Christ is. Paul said, when I came to you, I came in the spirit of God and power. What does power point to? Real conversions. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. He wasn't just, he wasn't just, he, he wasn't just attracted to, 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 to just some type of profession. He wanted some profession with progression. Oh, y'all missed that. See, some of us are impressed when somebody confessed. I, I, I was talking to a, a, a preacher friend of mine who's a phenomenal evangelist, and when he preached, people come to Jesus. He said, he said, Eric, I wouldn't call those conversions. He said, I would call those professions. He said, because we really don't know if they're believers yet. I said, help me, God. Because when you're changed by the gospel, you don't go back out in the world. Help me, God. Y'all, look, I'm going to preach by myself. When you're changed by the gospel, hell don't taste as good as it used to. Oh, stand with me today, God. Listen, let me tell you something. When, when, when you trust Christ, even when you sin, I don't know what it is. The grief of the Holy Ghost just does something to you. I, I, I wish I had some help right there. Listen, listen. When you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, there is going to be change in your life. That's why the gospel is the power of God. When, when, when a life is changed, it takes power to change. I'm by myself today, but I'm going to preach it till I sweat in my, oh my God, my toes going to sweat, but I'm going to preach it because I love preaching about Jesus Christ. And you can get mad at me all you want and change churches. But if you leave and come back, you're going to hear Jesus. When you leave, you hear Jesus. You come back, you're going to hear Jesus. Somebody say he say Jesus too much. But the reason why I love it is because there's power in the name of Jesus. So, I, so that's what I'm excited about. I ain't excited about Eric Mason. I ain't excited about no platform. I ain't excited about no... I'm excited about Jesus. And that's why Paul points us and says, I wanted your faith to rest in the power of God, not the words of men. I I'm going to close it. I'm, I'm so happy that we get to preach Jesus. I'm so happy that in Christ you have full-fledged freedom if you believe in him by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone. Whenever you trust Jesus Christ by faith, if it's a real conversion, there's going to be some change in your life. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much syrup you're sipping and how much draws you're hitting. I'm just going to tell you right now, Jesus changes the trajectory of your passions. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. You can be free basing. 
You can be running all around running in pride, but when the gospel hits your life, it is the power of God unto salvation, and it is powerful to change your life from spiritual darkness to spiritual light. I wish I had some help right there, but I'm, I'm trying not to jump off this stage because I'm so glad about the goodness of God. He said that your faith may not rest in the words of men, but on the power of God. I like that. In other words, he doesn't want your faith to rest in anything else but Jesus Christ. That's why I like the verse at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, a man built on two, two foundations. There was one that built on sand. And, and, and there was one that built his house on a rock. And when the storms of life came, help me today, God. When the storms of life came and the wind started blowing and the rain started coming, all of a sudden the man with the house that was built on sand, his house was swept away. But the man who built his house on a rock his house was able to stand. The question I have today is who are you building your house on today? Oh, y'all didn't get to there. I, I, I want to build my house on the right foundation because that's what I want my faith to be built on. If your faith built on Jesus, everything will eventually be all right. But while things aren't all right, things will still be all right in you, even though everything around you is not all right. Wish I had some help right there. Listen, when you walk with God and when you live for God, hell's going to break loose, but you won't. Why? Because it's the power of God under salvation. It's all according to where your hope is built. Oh, I need some help right now. That's why I like the old hymn. It says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I like the second verse. It says, when darkness veils its ugly face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds to the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm by myself, but somebody going to get it in a second. I dare not trust the sweetest frame because I'm going to bless Jesus' name. I love Jesus. He's the sweetest name I know. He's all right to me. He's a blessing to me. And all the way through everything in my life, I want him to be the hero. I'm not going to rest on drugs. I'm not going to rest on human peace. I'm not going to rest on ministry. I'm not even going to rest on my wife. I love her, but she's not a good resting place. There's only one in my life that I'm going to rest everything in my life on. And I'm gonna rest, I'll bake everything on it. I won't play craps for it, but I'll rest it only on him. Because he's my Adam. He's my advocate. He's my almighty. He's my alpha and omega. He is my amen. He's the apostle of my faith. He's the arm of the Lord. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. He's the beloved son. He's the bread of life. He's the captain of salvation. Y'all know him, don't you? He's the shepherd. He's the Christ of God. He's the consolation of Israel. He's the counselor. He's the creator. Y'all know him, don't you? He's, he's a day spring. He's a deliverer. He's the desire of the nations. He's the door. He's the everlasting father. Y'all know him, don't you? He's faithful witness. He's the first and the last. He's the first begotten. He's the forerunner. He's the glory of God. He's prince of peace. He's bomb in Gilead. He's glory from glory. He's savior. He's king. That don't get you. He's provider. He's way maker. He's healer. He's disturber of destruction. He'll take you today, God. See, some of y'all standing around and y'all looking at me funny. 
but, 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 but I wish I had some people that have found their rest in something else and it's failed them. And they finally, and Jesus finally got to your life and changed every single thing in your life. If you wanted the sound of my voice, you should be on your feet with your hands lifted because he's been good to you. He's been too good to you. He's been so good to you. He's so powerful. He's your all in all. He's your peace. He's your respite. He's your life. Why? Because he took care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself. He brought you out when you couldn't come out yourself. He took you out of the dust and the dirt that you were standing in. He walked with you when nobody else would walk with you. He lived a life that you could never did. Died the death that you could never die. And that's why they hung him high and stretched him wide. But on the third day, he rose from the grave. He's good. He's good. Hallelujah. I wish I had somebody to recognize that Jesus is there all in all. I'm so glad today that I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. No matter how things look in my life. No matter how things look in my life and no matter how people look at me. Forget about haters. That invisible people that don't exist that you think are after you. Forget, see, you, you focus too much. You need to focus on Jesus. Je Jesus didn't focus on his haters. See, today, what you need to do is you need to make a resolve in your spirit today. He said, today, Father, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Every time my bill's not paid, I get scared to death. But all you got to do is think back to he provided the last time you were in the same predicament that you was in. Some of y'all, some of us act like we've been in this predicament for the first time. But if you would just think back over your life and look at how God looked out for you and took care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself, you would have already been believing him. Some of y'all like, I don't have tuition, and my tuition ain't taking, I don't know how, and some of y'all in school, and every year you go through the same thing, being scared to death, whether or not God, and every day there's money in the account. You got a meal ticket. You might not be able to go buy some filet mignon, but you got a meal ticket so you can go get some food. You may not have you what you want, but you got what you need. See, when you live in the rest, it gives you contentment. And see, many of us ain't content. That's why this series is called It's Time to Grow Up. Because grown-up Christians never grow out of resting in Christ. You actually grow more and more and more in resting in him. That's not an immature philosophy. You see, spiritual growth is about you recognizing what you're not and recognizing who he is. And what you do is as you grow spiritually, you say, I'm not that, he's this. You grow some more. I'm not that, he's this. You grow some more. Every time you grow spiritually, it's just you recognizing that he's your everything. That's why some of y'all gotta lose everything so that you can see him as your everything. Y'all ain't listening to me. That's why Paul made it his resolve. He said, I'm sick of people getting other stuff out of my message. He said, but I, I want them to, if they don't walk away with Jesus, I failed. And the same is true of your life. People don't walk away from you. Seeing the aura of Christ, you failed. 
Why don't you stop trusting in everything that you can do? Trusting in your opportunities, your grind, your contacts. There's a lot of people that got contacts, they got grind and everything, and nothing ain't happening. Let me just tell you something. You use the world that God has put you in for his glory, but you don't trust in it. And until you see the earth as a tool and God as the glorifying creator of those tools to serve him, not your identity. Too many of us today, we're sitting around and we're still trying to find our identity in everything. Some, some, some of us are trying to find our identity everywhere else except for in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is standing at the door. He's saying, I'm here. You can find your identity in me. I rewrite your identity under a new program. And not a virus can get on this new program. Because my blood is, is, is the eternal Norton antivirus scanning program. To keep mess out of you, but not to keep you from going through mess. Because I love God allows mess to happen to us so that we can continue to make a detour towards him every single time. With every head by every eye closed. Maybe you're here today.